Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. It seems like everyone's got a view on where should be playing finals, who should be getting home finals, and how we should all be experiencing home finals. We'll talk about that as well. And we'll get your say on the news of the day. There's been plenty. I've got a press release hot off the press from Cricket Australia about Justin Langer. Uh, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Time on in the sexy new time slot of uh, 7 o'clock, but for a very, very good reason. The conversations it could, absolutely phenomenal. Dermot Burrett in the second week of it. It is must-listen, compelling. Uh, and Wayne Schwass, and as you heard from Derm, a star as a player, but uh, the work he's doing uh, uh, in the space with Pucker Up, uh, is far more important, uh, and he's just one of the greats. He's Wayne Schwass as a human being, and that uh, was incredible. A lot of people asking where they can get the podcast, sen.com.au. Uh, it's got a special page, uh, the conversations that could. You can find it there um, with all the information that you need. Uh, I recommend it as highly as I could possibly recommend anything. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. of course. Time on is your say on the news of the day. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text temper a mattress like no other. It seems this Justin Langer situation. I don't know if it's come out of the blue. There's been rumblings for a little while, and then it seems just about every single cricket journal has decided that now is the time to write a story about Justin Langer and about issues that may uh, exist within the locker room of the Australian cricket team whether it be the Test One Day International or T20 team. Uh, this has been building some momentum and more and more noise uh, is starting to be made uh, about this issue. Uh, Adam Gilchrist has spoken. Uh, we've had Aaron Finch on the station today. I'll play you their thoughts in just a moment. But what Adam Gilchrist did say uh, a couple of days ago, or yesterday on SEN in Perth, was that this needed to be nipped in the bud, otherwise it has the potential to derail the whole summer of cricket. And it's an ashes summer of cricket. It's the most important summer of cricket that we have whenever we have it. So Cricket Australia have uh, responded to the stories that have been doing the rounds and the statements that have been made and the leaks that have been occurring and the conversations that are being had. Uh, Nick Hockley, Cricket Australia's CEO, has said in this statement, uh, Justin, that's Justin Langer, has done an incredible job in raising the culture, values and behaviours of the Australian men's team since he took on the role in 2018. His efforts have restored public faith in the national team, which is a side all Australians can be incredibly proud of. He is contracted as head coach through the middle of next year. 
through to the middle of next year with the focus now on a successful T20 World Cup campaign followed by the Home Ashes defence in what is one of the most anticipated series and summers of cricket in Australia for many years. Like many in the community around the world, the team has had an extremely disruptive and challenging 18 months during the pandemic. Despite those challenges, the side has had great success in one-day test and T20 cricket when all players were available. That's the caveat there. Justin, his coaching staff and the leaders within the team have an equally important part to play in ensuring a successful summer ahead of the Australian cricket team. So that is a statement from Cricket Australia. I've been reading every single one of these articles and it seems to me there are things that Justin Langer does that upset certain members of the team and none of them seem that serious to me. I, I'm, I'm trying to find the moment in this story that has me going, oh, well, that's you can't have that. He's got to go. That's enough of that. And I cannot see it. I cannot see it. What I can see, though, is it seems like uh, there's a couple of feathers that are out of joint, a couple of noses, a couple of feathers have been ruffled, rather, a couple of noses that have been out of joint, and maybe, just maybe, just the air of entitlement starting to creep back in when... He and Tim Payne have done such a good job in eradicating that from within the four walls of the dressing room, from what we're told. Maybe just a little bit of that creeping back in, maybe just a little bit of wind. I heard Bob Murphy speaking about you're in an elite sports environment. There's going to be tension. Um, There's a lot of pressure on the coach, as there is on the players. Uh, He's going to want things done a certain way, and there's a reason why he wants those things done in a certain way. Yeah, I I can't see the ta-da moment, the, the, oh, well, that's got to stop. Surely everyone can just sit down like adults, can't they? And we can have a chat and say, hey, um, I don't like it when this happens. Okay. Yep. And he can say, well, I don't like it when you guys do this. <laughs> like, are we, what are we talking about here? People, oh, he, he's a bit grumpy sometimes. Oh, is he? Are you a bit precious sometimes? Yeah. Can he be <laughs> a bit more cheery? Sure. Can you be a little bit more thick-skinned? Sure. It doesn't... I just can't find the part of this that has me up in arms for, on either side. I'm sure there's things he could do better. I'm sure there's things that the players could do better. None of this seems like the smoking gun to me. Um, but it's interesting nonetheless. Aaron Finch was asked about it, our one-day and T20 captain. There's a, a T20 World Cup around the corner, as we've just read in the statement. He was asked today on SEN about if there's tension uh, between the playing group and Justin Langer. Well, there's always tension when you don't when results don't go your way, as you know, in, in all sport, wins and losses are what count. So um, I think any time any time that that doesn't happen, you, that, that'll get amplified. So it's just, it's just one of those things. It's disappointing that um, things are coming, well, things are coming to the front the way that they are. That, that's, that's never ideal. So, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things that, that will, keeps popping up, um, which is disappointing. Were you hopeful that um, the, the cleansing session, as it were, that, that you had described before the recent tour might have settled all of that? Yeah, the, the camp we had in the Gold Coast um, to go through our, our culture and values and things like that, and especially from a playing group, was, was really important and one that I think um, players got a lot out of. So it was really important for that going forward um, and something to, to sort of keep coming back to. Um, but like, like I said before, when when things are being, being leaked out from inside, that, that's not a great um, great look. Aaron Finch talking to Jerry Whiteley early today. SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. Well worth a listen. 
Uh, it seems like it's the older, more experienced players that are totally at ease with uh, Justin Langer. I'm, again, this is from the outside looking in and from what I'm reading, and it seems that maybe that's uh, something that the younger players are having a little bit of an issue with. Again, just reading the articles and, and making my own interpretations of that. Uh, one of his best mates, Adam Gilchrist, uh, spoke to Jared as well today. Yeah, as I say, I, I don't need to sort of get involved too much more. I, I'm um, clearly uh, Justin's one of my very, very closest friends, uh, and as I've as I've said, and it doesn't need to be too widely circulated again. I, I understand that that people and players have uh, uh, have a bit of an issue with his management style. So it's now over to Cricket Australia and the, and the team and the administrators to to work out. Yep. That's pretty reasonable, and it's interesting, isn't it? When I hear Justin Langer speak, and I and I've watched him in his career, and he just seems like everything that should be right about, like the absolutely loves it. And again, I don't, I'm not in the four walls, so maybe maybe there is, you know, when you're working in close quarters, there are tensions. That's like all jobs, though. It, it, it seems to me like that he just is everything that that we should be celebrating. I mean, you know, a tireless worker passion, you know, loves the game and loves the baggy green, nothing he wouldn't do to try and get the win, wants to succeed, like drives a high standard, you know, pushes hard for success. I'm I'm listening to these things that are issues and I'm thinking, what do you want in a coach then? If not someone to hold you to account and, and to, to, to set a standard and, and to hold, you know, to, to, to maintain a discipline... What, what do you want? What, what do we want in a coach now? The, the, the balancing act is so finite, isn't it? Is it a father figure that, that, that players need? Is it a best friend? Is it a disciplinarian? And every person has their own needs and maybe that's the art of it as well, to be able to, you know, make sure that you, you can manage the individual need as well as the overall team need. Yeah, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? It's a strange one. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. But it does feel like tail wagging dog. Um, there's a particular footy club at the moment that seems like it's doing that as well, which is Carlton. We can talk about that in just a moment as well. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Jared Waitley spoke uh, about it today. A man that's been covering cricket for a long time is very well connected um, throughout cricket, and it was I was fascinated to hear his view. Um, of this today, um, when it came to the um, the Justin Langer situation, there's a usual pattern around the slow demise of a coach, and there's a, a few of those hallmarks that are emerging. Not all of them, but certainly a few of them. I find it hard to judge. So, what's nitpicking, and what is fundamentally unsettling? So, Langer's passion. This has always struck me as his greatest virtue, and that's long before he became national coach. I can think of a few functions that I was at where Langer embodied what it was to wear the baggy green more completely than any cricketer I've ever come across. And I think he has tried to coach the nation as well as the team. He came in as a wartime coach. I think he was well suited to that. Now that passion seems to be used against him. I hope we're not going to boil Langer's coaching contribution down to folksy, cliched, motivational homilies. Are we 
are we going to run Justin Langer out of the job? Will we be better off if that happens? The dressing room will have to answer that. So I don't see any alternative now than Cricket Australia has to figure this out. Maybe they already know good portions of it. The two moments of decision are coming. The World Cup, the T20 World Cup, a pinnacle event ahead of the home World Cup next year, and critically, the Ashes against an England team that we're going to regard as not much good. You can't have this sit over the entire summer. One way or another... I am with Adam Gilchrist now. This is going to have to be sorted before it gets there. And a little bit like Collingwood with Nathan Buckley, I'll believe that Cricket Australia is worse off the moment it runs Justin Langer out the door. Jerry Whateley today, and it's interesting, isn't it? Is this statement fixing the problem? It's, it's addressing the problem. It's acknowledging that there is an issue, but what now needs to happen within the four walls to make sure that it doesn't become the theme of the summer and doesn't become the issue that derails... The summer and there's a few off the text zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, Simon says as far as Langer goes, the tail cannot wag the dog. Langer has resurrected us and he's the best coach to take us forward. Why are there even leaks about this stuff that is so little? Um, the Langer situation is nothing more than there's only eleven players to fit into a side and you can't please everyone. Bringing in a new coach doesn't mean you'll be safe if you're there or not. Uh, and then this one, so being a prick equates to making people accountable. Come on, man, no making people accountable equates to making people accountable and it's up to that person and that's in the eye of the person who's being held accountable whether or not they view um, the way in which they're being held accountable as the actions of a prick as you so eloquently put it but um, we don't know if that's exactly what Justin Langer is there's clearly people that don't like his method and are now going and telling journalists that they don't like his method it just seems to me that it's the easiest thing in the world to do in sport to blame the coach it just I think it's the easiest thing in the world to do. And it doesn't require much in the way of looking deeper, doesn't require much in the way of, of, of further investigation, doesn't require a whole lot more other than you can always say, well, the coach isn't good. No, it's the coach's fault. Well, the coach... I just, it, it may be true. It may be right. But it just seems to be the easiest thing to say in sport, doesn't it? It's the coach. And, and, and this is, equates back to Carlton as well. And I cannot wait for the findings. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, in just a moment as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 So Carlton, have, uh, there's been a letter released uh, by the new president, Luke Sayers, uh, to members after completing the handover with Mark Lejudice. Uh, I'll read that out for you in just a moment as well. Uh, we've had Jared Harbrow retire. He spoke to Bob and Andy today. Uh, and there's a lot of views on how home finals should be played out. Is it fair for some clubs to get them and not for others in the COVID situation? A heap of people, commentators, players, coaches have all had their say on that. You can too. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Your say on the news of the day. This is time on SEN. There is no soul to a game in front of no one. The, the feeling of running out in front of no crowd and trying to be up for the moment now this, like, this may sound ridiculous, um, and maybe it's different in finals, but it's hard to get yourself up for a game where there's just no atmosphere. The atmosphere comes from the people watching, the passion that they show. And when they're not there, when our fans aren't there, it disappears. And it's hard to stay engaged in the game. And like, it may sound ridiculous, but it's, it's, it's true because it 
just it doesn't invoke any emotion during the game, and you you know your teammates kick a great goal and there's silence. Yeah, and you just walk back to the middle and and you restart and away you go. But it it just doesn't have that that incredible ecstasy and elation that you feel from playing in front of um, you know fans that ride every bump with you. So I, I just don't. I think we'd be, we'd be doing a disservice if um, you know if we if we went down that path. But then conversely, I it's like I agree with King. That's why you you know you. you you play rounds one to twenty-two to give yourself the best opportunity. And what do your supporters want? They want you to win a grand final. However you do that, don't care. <laughs> win a grand final. I'm a big people pleaser, so I love playing in front of the crowd. Um, I, I think because teams have been travelling everywhere, there's no real advantage if you're playing at home with no crowd. Like to be honest, it's a, it's it's a massive pick me up when you're playing in front of you know twenty to thirty odd thousand fans going crazy, and they they really do help you over the line. So. To be honest, I'd rather play um, somewhere else with a crowd than a home with no crowd. But in saying that, um, if a team hasn't played the game with too much, it'd be always, it'd be always good to play at our home ground. So that's uh, two players having their view on should we be playing home finals in front of no crowds, how teams should be getting finals and where they should all be played and how they should all be played. So Paddy Dangerfield, president of the Players Association, of course, um, Geelong looking at uh, actually getting a home final if they uh, are to finish on top. And Mitch Robinson talking about uh, that there's no real advantage to playing at home if there is no crowd. And then both acknowledging, though, that your fans also want you to win. So what's the right answer? one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text. Simon Goodwin spoke about this today. So too did Luke Beveridge, Tim Watson, Gary Lyon, Dwayne Russell. Everybody's had a view on how this should happen week one of the finals, and I'd love to get your thoughts as well. Uh, your say on the news of the day. Cameron's on the sunny coast who wants to talk. Justin Langer. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I've just been listening to the last one, probably the last two hours, and um, listening to Dermy's show, and then coming on and listening to what you had to say. And I, I think there's a lot of correlation there between how our people are perceived. And I, I think, think Justin Langer, we employed him to do a job. The Ashes got the job done. I think a lot of the problem with the Australian side is, is there's too many contracts, there's too much money going around. Like, I'm a good player, but there's no you know, spirit involved. And then I listened to Jared, um, sorry, I listened to Whitby this morning and he speaks to Dean, who's coach of the swimming side. And all he talks about is putting it on the line and like, you know, do this, this and this and this. But the problem with doing that is in this day and age, people don't react to that very well. Like, oh, I am this already. It's like, you're not that already. And there's no way you're ever going to win any sort of competition unless there's some sort of, you know, camaraderie when you have a, a sergeant at the top of the level. And I think that's what Justin Langer is. And if he is so hard-nutted and so hardly drilled, because he's spirited. And the problem in the world today is there's no spirit. It's all about, I, I deserve it. I deserve it. I've done this. I've done this. But Langer brings nothing but spirit. And that's where I think the lines gets crossed. I think he's a great coach. Cameron, thank you so much, mate. Love the passion, and you make some great points. And you're not the only one who's bringing up Dean Boxall, Ariane Titmus's coach. Um, off the text, Michael, perhaps the Aussie cricket team should listen to Dean Boxall on Waitley. Well, this is what he said about having to challenge Ariane Titmus to not make things comfortable for her. 
one of the great things about Arnie and I is that we fully trust each other. Like, I, I make it hard for Arnie. I make it hard. I make it incredibly difficult for her. But she trusts that I'm actually doing it for the betterment of herself. I, I'm not there just trying to be a bastard or I'm just trying to be one of these old school coaches. It's not at all. She knows if I'm actually being hard, there's a reason behind it. We talk about it. We make sure that we communicate that over and over and she signs up to it and I've signed up to it. There we go. We've signed up to it. We've signed up to it. So what are you signing up to when you decide that, yes, you want to play for Australia? That's the man at the helm of it, along with the captain. They're the ones that set the tone. They're the ones that create the culture. They're the ones that that write it up as to what we stand for, how we operate, how we communicate. Do you sign up for that? And if you do, then if you're not liking some of the things that are being told to you or the way that they're being told to you, is the best option then to go and have a whinge about it or is there a better way of doing it? And I'm not saying that Justin Langer is completely in the right here, but I'm also not saying he's completely in the wrong. And maybe the players aren't completely in the wrong or in the right. The truth is always somewhere in the middle. But that was fascinating to hear Dean Boxall say, I have to challenge her to get the best out of her. And she knows that. And whilst it's not enjoyable and it's not fun, it's about getting the ultimate success. And if that's what you're in for, then that's great. And it's and we talk about this in footy a lot too, don't we? We talk about, are you a team that is doing everything they can, leaving no stone unturned, creating a successful environment? Are you doing every? Are you putting every piece in place? Are you putting every accountability uh, on the table uh, and to the people that you're managing to make sure that you're doing everything that's required and more to succeed? Or are you just happy being there? Are you just happy to get the paycheck, to live the life, to get a game? There's a big difference, isn't there? Uh, Cookie's on the road. G'day, Cookie. G'day, Sam. How you doing, buddy? Uh, couldn't be better. What do you got for me? Well, mate, it, it is a bit of the old tall poppy syndrome, isn't it? I mean, every time we're about to sack some bloke, everyone tells you how great he is. And, I mean, I, I, I just can't figure that out, how it keeps going. I mean, we might as well all get a badge and go bring back both, you know? Does this stem halfway from when these guys are growing up that they all get a medal for participating? You remember how we just got a medal for first, second and third, but now we go, oh, no, we've got to all give them a medal in case they get upset and we can't have a score on the board because they'll look at it and go, oh, we're behind. You know, sometimes, mate, we spoon-feed these people and you, you wonder. Uh, look, and, and the wondering is, is exactly that, Cookie, isn't it? I mean... You, you listen to a lot of different people talk about what was great about the coach that they had, and some coaches are great at certain areas. Some, for the top end guys, you know, uh, uh, they, they empowered, they're empowered, and they're, you know, they're at the top of the tree and they're at the forefront of it all. But for guys that are on the fringe, maybe sometimes they don't feel like they're as big a part of it, and that's all part of the juggling act, isn't it? And the the, the people that we revere as, or that the players revere as the greatest teammates are ones that knew what exactly what their role was and accept were accepting of it. So those players that knew I'm not on the marquee. But my role enables those guys to stay up on the marquee, to play their best. My job, and it's, you know, we've, we, last night we were speaking about the role that Harrison Petty's playing or Adam Tomlinson or, you know, those defenders, David Asprey. I'll stay at I'll be a designated driver so that you guys can go and have some fun and you guys will get all the accolades 
and you guys will get all the notoriety, but I will reap the rewards of that as well. So maybe there's a bit of that cookie. Maybe there's a lot of people who have been used to being told you're amazing and you're the greatest. And maybe that's not exactly what Justin Lang is about. He's about, you know, what, what your role is and what I'm needing from you. And I don't know. We're just speculating here. We're just pontificating. Um, but maybe that's a part of it. And on the conversely on that, and maybe that's an area that needs to be worked on, about making those players that aren't feeling um, the love as much to make sure that they are. It, it is the toughest. It is the toughest job, isn't it? And especially in the situation of cricket where you're not actually running things on the field. It's what you're doing off the field uh, as part of it. Brian's in Malvern. G'day, Brian. G'day, how you going? Gee, you've got a lot to cover off tonight, haven't you? There's a heat, Brian, but, we, God, but, I, but I, that's I, where we love it. I could talk about all the topics. Um, <laughs> but but, um, but no, in particular, the, the Justin Langer one, um, if Justin Langer had the opportunity to pick the 12, 13, 14, 15 that he wanted in that side that were hungry enough, that wanted it, he would be the most successful coach that we would have in the history of Australian cricket. Because he would he would have to play. If you can get if you can get into the top twenty five cricketers in Australia, you can play cricket. You can play international cricket. You can you, you're elite. We all grew up as kids. We played, coached, or whatever we we did. We know that those guys, when they get to that level, they've got ability and they've got skill. So he doesn't have to get the top. 10 players, if he had the opportunity of picking the top 12 or 13 out of the best 25 in Australia, the ones that are hungry, the ones that want it, the ones that deserve it, he would be a brilliant coach. Not the ones that feel entitled. You know? It's so interesting, isn't it, Brian? Because what, yeah. what you're talking about is that dynamic that I just brought up, and that's the on-field, off-field. The other facet of this is yep. that there's a chairman of selectors. So not only is he not that's only right. probably not always getting the team that he wanted, but he's probably not always able to deploy them in the manner that he would have liked because that's Tim Payne's job out on the field. So you've got a lot, you've got a yep. lot of cooks in there, and, and, and that doesn't always mean that he'd be right, though, Brian. I get frustrated by the lack of... You know, the lack of love being shown to Glenn Maxwell, who I think could be have an extraordinary test career, and the fact that England and India laugh at us that we don't play Glenn Maxwell in test matches. So you, you, you bring up a great point. Would, with total control, would the situation be different as he moulds, as he puts a team out that is sort of in his image or under his mould, like AFL coaches get to do? Because while they might not be fully in charge of recruitment anymore, they certainly are in charge of selection. So it's a, it's a, it's a, that's a great point that you raise uh, as well about the type of cricketer that Justin Langer clearly likes and the ones that he clearly doesn't. Uh, and having to juggle those when some are forced upon him and others, um, you know, are, are the players that he wants. So it's another great sort of nuance to it all, isn't it? A little, just another little side note. Uh, thank you for the call, though, Brian. Always great to hear from you. Uh, We'll take a break. We'll come back. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. James, don't go anywhere. Lee, Dave, Glenn, we'll get to you on the other side of this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your say on the news of the day. Cut little tidbits as well. Uh, Jared Harbrow hanging up the boots has been flown in to get a farewell game, though, this weekend, and so he should. Um, one of the first five players that they uh, signed. First player to 100 games. He's a games record holder in a club BNF, and he's been so important about creating culture to setting example he's just been a hugely influential figure on the Gold Coast and such an important part of that club's early years uh Sean McKernan has called time on his 13-year career 
And the Suns' vice-captain, Sam Collins, has re-signed until the end of 2025. Uh, so there's just a couple little bits making news. Mitch Cleary reporting that uh, Brad Lloyd, Carlton footy boss, apparently, according to MitchClearyAFL.com.au, has met with Paul LeCurier about a possible job uh, at the Pies. There's been game adjustments for the AFLW. They're going to come into line with the standing on the mark rule and the location of the mark from the kick-ins. The VFL season, the last round's been called off. Um, and the finals will take place ASAP. I'll give you the details on that as well. So there's a heap for us to get through, and your calls are the most important thing, though. one 736 736 Time on. You'll say on the news of the day. If they earn the right for a home final, I think they should have that right. That's that's what the system's set up for. And, um, you know, that doesn't phase me one iota um, in terms of what they do. If they earn the right, then they get the home games, and it's good for them. Has a decision been made on that, though? Have you been told that as a club that they will get a home ground advantage should they earn it in week one of the finals? Has that been decided? We haven't been told a lot, to be honest with you, Sam, um, other than just to plan for anything. But, um, you know, what we have been told is that, you know, the higher you finish on the ladder, the more choice you'll have as a, as a home team within those final series. So, you know, I think we're all accepting of that. Melbourne coach Simon Goodwin uh, at his... Uh virtual or Zoom press conference today. Sam Edmund with the very sharp questioning. Uh, and that's his view on teams getting home finals when some may not uh, in our current COVID situation. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text temper a mattress like no other. Two rocks. Um, you, you've sent your text through six times. I actually read it out the first one you sent, so you're actually clogging up the text machine for me, mate. I did read your text out earlier on, though. You might have missed it, but thank you for resending it. Uh, I have seen it, read it. Um, if you could just give me a little bit of space to work with for the other ones that are coming through, it'd be greatly appreciated, my friend. Thank you. Um, VFL have cancelled their final round. Um, the season's now lost a total of five of the 19 rounds, each of the past 12 weeks being affected to some extent by lockdowns in Vic, New South Wales, Queensland. Ladder has been adjusted on a match ratio order. Not all teams playing the same amount of games. So Collingwood moves into the top eight. Frankston drops out. They'd played more games. Um, the finals will re will retain the top eight clubs, but in an elimination format, should they be able to start on the weekend of September 4th? So the minor premiers, Footscray, would meet Giants in eighth. Southport, who finished second, to play Collingwood in seventh. Box Hill uh, in third, up against Willie in sixth. Geelong in fourth would play Casey in sudden death showdowns. The four winners will meet in the prelim spots for a spot in the VFL Grand Final at Marvel on September 19 at this stage. Aspley Hornets have decided to go back to the QAFL after just winning a game in this year's VFL. Um, and Brandon Zerk Thatcher has re-signed for another couple of years. He was pick 66 in the 2017 draft. I love a good hyphen. Um, I've got to give an update on the Ivor Warren Smith votes as well at some point. Hopefully you get a chance to do that before the end of the night. If not, we'll do that tomorrow with a round to come. Um, Alex is asking about the VFLW Grand Final. I can't find an update on that just yet, but I've got Julio hunting for the latest there. But thank you for asking, and we should absolutely get uh, the latest on that. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Uh, Dave, where are you, Dave? Dave's on the road. Uh, you wanted to talk finals, where they should be held. Hello, mate. Well, hi, Sam. I, my understanding is that the, the AFL has always been the ones who collect the revenue out of the finals, um, so it's, and, and they're the ones who are ultimately paying the bills of what's happening, and especially at the moment, losing five or six million, as they've been reported. I, I think an, a couple of good things could come out of this. We could potentially have a, a twilight grand final in Perth, which would fall into the, the evening slot here in Melbourne or the eastern states. But I think the biggest problem we're going to face 
that I'm concerned about is my club, Richmond, has probably lost millions this year, from my understanding, from not having any gates. If we get through to next year, are we going to be able to be like the, the Premier League is now, where they're getting thousands of COVID cases a day, and yet they're having full stadiums? I don't think our people have the appetite for that. So how is the football going to survive financially if that's what's going to happen? Well, that's a fantastic question, Dave, and I wouldn't presume to have the answers for that, and I'm not even sure if the AFL have the answers for that at this stage. But I wouldn't be surprised if next year, given that we'd be two years in to a COVID world, and we know everything that we can possibly know at this stage, um, I don't be surprised if you, if you need to be vaccinated to start attending. That, that's what they've done in the US. That's what they've done uh, in a lot of other countries around the world. And they desperately need to be able to open up. Businesses desperately need to be able to make a living. Um, there's a lot of money at stake, not just for football, but in all walks of life. So I would think that Correct. once we've yeah. got up to a certain stage of, of a certain percentage of the population vaccinated, I'm not an epidemiologist. This is just what I believe will happen. If you take your cues from uh, countries around the world, that we'd get to a situation where um, we would probably just respectfully say that, yep, we're open for business, but only for those who are vaccinated. And that's not a crack at anti-vaxxers. Much as I'd like to sit on here and have one, but uh, it's really just a, <laughs> it's really just about saying you do whatever you think's best for you we need to do what's best for us to be able to be open for business again and this is how we achieve it so mate it's a great question you ask and 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 it's gonna be well it's a cliche but it is the billion dollar question so mate uh you, you you're spot on with your thinking um one three hundred seven three six seven three six. james wants to talk a little bit of carlton hello james oh good evening sam thanks for taking my call i no thanks for calling your show. oh that's very kind of you thank uh, you yeah, I really do, mate. I'm talking about the the outgoing president, Mark Ledudisay. I just want to ask why he didn't stay to front the members at the EGM. He has blood on his hand. He's left us with two wooden spoons and two weak coaches of the name of Bolton and Teague. There we have our man in Queensland, Mr Bruce Matheson, telling us that they did a great job. Are you serious? And that letter that went out to the members was comical. Caroline Wilson absolutely nearly burst out and she was laughing her head off. 80,000 members and they gave the majority of those members for nothing. They've left us in a mess. Now, all the members get on Facebook and start signing the petition because we're getting a lot of signatures coming through. Please do that because we can't go through this. We've had this for 20 years of this rubbish. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for taking my call, mate. Uh, you're a good egg, James. I appreciate the call, and uh, and I do appreciate the passion as well. So Luke Sayers has released a letter to members today, and I'll just read you part of it. Um, he said, we must never forget our core business. Uh, it's about doing everything in our power to win games of football, to play finals, and put ourselves in a position to win premierships that has to be our singular focus. So uh, the 8th of June, they commenced this review and he has said that the independent external panel last week provided an update to the board and to the CEO. The process is now reaching its final stages, and I assure you we will not be making any public comment until we have directly communicated with you, our members. This will include providing you with a summarised findings of the review that I know members have a deep and justified interest in. I don't profess to speak to Carlton members, but the the the, the phrasing summarised findings. So in in the way I read that... And you can tell me as a Carlton member is we will present to you what we'd like to present to you from that. 
you 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 tell me as a Carlton member, do you want a summarised findings, or do you want the findings? I know what I'd prefer. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Where have we got to next? Uh, Glenn's in Point Cook. Hello to you, Glenn. G'day, mate. How you going, Sam? All right. I'm well, thank you. That's good, buddy. All right, a couple of points to make. Firstly, uh, <clears throat> a one on the Carlton Football Club board. Um, it's actually a good segue from what I just heard this guy, uh, the caller, previous caller, come on and talk about. Um, <clears throat> I'm a Carlton member as well. Uh, I absolutely agree with uh, this. Echo the sentiments of that uh, of that caller. We this board has absolutely been disgraceful. Um, Luke Sayers is a part of that because he's actually been there for ten years while they've appointed Brendan Bolton. And now I'm hearing tonight, and you might be able to confirm this. I don't know if you can yet, but I'm hearing that he's been sacked, which I reckon is an absolute disgrace because number one. You know, the players have a lot to answer for for this because it's funny, there's a common denominator uh, every year at the Blues, that, uh, or every three years, that some reason the coaches no good and the players are. Mm. But that's another point. Um, but this board, you know, <laughs> conducting a review, all right, halfway through the season, you're kidding me, aren't you? All that can do is destabilise the entire playing group as well as a lot of the, you know, people who re- rely on a position at that club for their livelihood. So he's called a review halfway through the year. Should have been left to the end of the year. So we're going to do it at all. Then, yes, I received one of those letters, because I'm a member as well, about from Lagutache promoting himself, uh, you know, all the great things that he's done. Mm. You're kidding me. He, he hasn't done anything. I've been, I've been in tears, absolute tears, a number of times over the last four years, sitting there, you know, with my little daughter who's only, what, nine years old, and she's been in tears as well, watching this rubbish that this club delivers year by year. But then we get a, a letter saying how fantastic it all is. So, you know what, I'm, I'm behind. I've read about this push, all right, this uh, board EGM 100 signatures push. I've seen the Facebook page. I'm signing up, and I reckon every... I agree, I echo that guy's um, thoughts. I think we should be pushing out that board and getting a new board in for the people where we can actually start to get this club back to where it, where it truly belongs, which is not down the bottom, not getting 19 consecutive goals kicked against it. Um, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. And the last thing I'll say, and then I'll get off the soapbox, the last thing I'll say is some of those players on the weekend, honestly, they do not deserve to be wearing that Carlton jumper. I, I don't care whether people say, oh, yeah, David Teague, he didn't relate to the players and all this. Listen, it's a bit like this Justin Langer thing we were talking about earlier. The tail shouldn't be wagging the dog, right? If these players continually are so entitled and weak that they need to be, oh, spoken to in a certain way or they won't perform, you're kidding me. You know, go, go, on the, go, go in the real workforce like you and me, Sam, where we work a, a proper job. And we get paid. Oh, mate, I wouldn't not, put not me in that. I, I wouldn't put me in that. No. There, there are people who do real jobs. I, I get to talk about sport. For a, don't put me in that, mate. I, I don't deserve to be in with, with people who do real jobs. But, but, but thanks, Glenn. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, you're turning up, though. You're, you're, you're actually doing a job that people listen to. And, you know, it's, it's a, an, an admirable job because you give it your all. Uh, thanks, all right? mate. Don't, don't, guys, not about me. Not about me. Keep going. Yeah. 
But these guys, you know, they're turning up. They kick, let's be honest, we all love kicking a football around at home. We all did it. These guys are getting paid for it. Enormous amounts of money. You know, they, they, honestly, a surgeon wouldn't be getting paid for. It is, he or she is saving people's lives. So they're doing that, and that's great. They give us entertainment. We love that. We love the game. But for goodness sake, turn up and have some pride in your performance. Don't, don't, don't use the crutch of, oh, I don't understand the communication from the coach or, oh, you know, the game plan's wrong. You, you can't tell me that these players, they're elite. They know how to play football, mate. Right, so you know, I'm not going to list the players individually because you know there's no point to that. But I think no. we all know by looking at that videotape, some of those players aren't really that keen and don't really want to die for it. And sorry, you're getting paid five hundred thousand dollars a year for kicking a football round. Uh, you better have a crack. Glenn, thank you, mate. Mate, I, I appreciate it. Uh, it I, I do love. I do love unbridled passion, uh, and I appreciate the call, mate. Thank you very, very much. So, we're running out of time in the show, but and I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this. I, don't, I haven't read any reports, by the way, that David Teague has been fired. I have, there's nothing coming up about that. I can't see anything remotely resembling that. Uh, we don't have a heap of time left in the show, and we've got to get a breakaway. We will do this tomorrow night from 7 o'clock, and this is the question that I think needs to be asked as part of this Carlton Review. This is the question. Has David Teague had everything he's needed and at his disposal and in his environment for this playing group to succeed? I wonder if this review has asked that question. And I've got about 10 subcategories from that. We're going to go through that tomorrow night because we've run out of time now. Um, we've got... Uh uh, the driver's seat up next. So um, I'm going to come back, a couple of last calls to take, uh, and then I'll bid you good night. But it's been a, been a great... I've loved, loved the enthusiasm, and I've loved the passion coming through tonight, uh, and I greatly appreciate it. If he hasn't already had the second interview, yes. he's about to have a second interview with Collingwood. But I'm told Jamie Graham blew them away in his first interview, and he is a contender at the Collingwood Footy Club. That's Lockie Reid uh, speaking on SEN in Perth, uh, basically dropping uh, a very big piece of news earlier today that uh, former West Coast Eagle Jamie Graham, who played 37 games uh, for the Eagles from 2005 to 2008, he was a South Fremantle Premiership player uh, and a former South Fremantle captain, originally from Kalgoorlie. Uh, Willie Rioli has spoken glowingly about uh, the the impact that Jamie Graham's had on his life. Uh, Lockie reporting that... Um, He's already been interviewed by Collingwood, and he's, if he hasn't, then he will be getting a second interview. So that's a name out of left field uh, for the Collingwood coaching job. Uh, I just want to finish up on this one, and uh, we had a heap to play. There was some great chats throughout the course of the day. Jared Harbrow on drive. Chris Johnson was on breakfast this morning. And if you haven't seen Carl Amon's press conference today, it's really worth that as we continue to talk about how we can do better uh, in our fight against racism in our game and in our country. Um, but Paddy Mills... Um, and I've just looked at the time and I'm not even going to be able to play this. Uh, I'll do it for you tomorrow. Uh, thanks for all your calls and texts. Greatly appreciate it. A lot of people loving Glenn off the text too. This is the best call ever. Good work, Glenn. Carlton of the new Richmond, uh, of the old Richmond. Dump some manure on the doorstep. Maybe don't do that. I'm not encouraging anyone to do that. Um, and there's a heap of support coming through. So beautifully done. Hey, thanks for your calls. Thanks for your text. Driver's seat up next. Have a great night. Stay safe. Speak to you tomorrow. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.